The following program is sponsored by Marty McClendon. My God is so big and so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. My God is so big and so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. That is right. There's nothing our God cannot do. I'm hoping that you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving. This is In My Opinion. I'm your host, Marty McClendon. It's Saturday morning all across the ACN network, Eastern and Central Washington. God bless you all. Um, hope you had time with family, with friends, and so forth. Hope you survived Black Friday, all the shopping out there. Um, there may have been less shopping because of the economy and the inflation, or there may have been more. I guess what the numbers will come out this week. Of course, today is Small Business Saturday, where we support our local businesses, those that are in, that are local and the small that aren't a chain or corporation. And of course, Monday, you know, the made-up holiday, which is Cyber Monday, which was where you buy things online and so forth. And then the the retailers, right? This is the where to gauge their income. Where my daughter, who's uh, 19 years old and working retail over the holiday. Uh, makes her money, right? Uh, so they make minimum wage or whatever it may be, and then they um, work these ungodly hours for retail. But hopefully, for an economy's sake, uh, we do well. But anyway, welcome to the show. Hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving as we're now into the official Christmas season, if you will. Uh, my wife and I love to decorate way early. So literally after um, All Saints Day, Halloween Day, whatever it may be, we're putting up Christmas stuff um, just because it's been a tradition for the McClendon household for years. I think we did it one year just because we were had a weekend. And then we decided, we like this. We like putting lights up on the house. We like putting a tree up. We like um, decorating and getting into the mood, if you will, to be thankful, to praise the Lord, to um, put a focus around family and our blessings and what a year we've had. I'm sure many of you can say the same thing coming out of COVID, lockdowns, the mandates, the economy and the inflation. We have a lot of things to be just to go, wow. But the fact that you're hearing my voice and that you have breath to breathe, that we just had a weekend where we can actually celebrate with each other, there's a bunch to be grateful for as well. So I just want to you know, first reflect on that. Then I get into sort of the, the issues or the stories of this week that I think are important, not only to in, 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 in the sphere of, hey, what's going on, um, and gratefulness, we're looking towards Christmas. I want to be positive about things, um, but we have elections that are just wrapped up, and we're still watching an election in Arizona that um, they're not going to certify because the governor race. There's so many anomalies. There's so many uh, question marks about machines not working and and uh, people being turned away and ballots being recounted. And and I think the difference now is about 17,000 votes, just about one half of 1%. So keep an eye on that. I know Doug and I talk about that on our show at 10 o'clock today on, across the same network on Doug and Marty versus the world. Tune in to that as well. But I want to talk about first um, experience. We've had a weird week. I don't know about many of you, but I, on Tuesday, we, we first of all, um, my mother, who's 79, is having some health issues. We decided to bring her home and live with us in July. And so it's been an adventure because a lot of her health issues have to do with mental state, um, some psychosis, some delusions and stuff. So that's a whole nother show about our healthcare systems broken nationally, in the state, locally, 
mental health is a huge issue, both right, left, middle, that really we need to address. But uh, that's another show. I want to talk about our healthcare system first. First of all, I spent 15 years in healthcare. My wife's still a nurse, 33 years uh, as a nurse, has done a bunch of different things. And overall, the people that are involved in healthcare are just top notch. Um, but the system uh, is broken. You know, under the COVID lockdowns and mandates, many coworkers, I mean, uh, uh, healthcare workers lost their jobs. They wouldn't take the, the vaccine. A lot of them were cut through attrition, through overworking, through bad conditions. I get all that. So in light of that, I, I have grace. But having dealt with the ER, the mental health system, my mom over since July, on multiple occasions where in one case we were in the ER for three days until she could get a bed to be treated. Three days in the emergency room in the chaos. It, uh, that's 72 hours. It's insane. Come this week, my mom um, can't breathe. She has a respiratory distress. We have to rush her to the emergency room. She's there um, triage quickly. They said, yeah, we need to keep her. It was nine hours in the ER before we could actually get a bed so she could be treated. They were trying to maintain as much as she possibly could, but nine hours. And I watched one after the other emergency uh, ambulance came with another patient another patient that take that took precedence but you saw the the hallways lined up with stretchers you saw patients um, waiting to get care and the frustration of the patients of the family members and the worry and the um, and then you saw the people working there and like I said most of them were fantastic but there was this this idea that this is just normal that there wasn't a rush, uh, if you will. There were people just kind of doing their job, kind of walking, taking their time, saying, oh, I'm sorry for the wait. You know, They were being polite, but there was no urgency. And, and so you're like, wow, this is really messed up. You can tell that a lot of them were not jaded, but they had been seeing this day in and day out, this circus, if you will. And I'm like, wow. And, and I'm reflecting back on this is what I've seen every time. So I posted this on my social media, my personal one as well, and say, hey, I just can't stand this process. We've got to do something about healthcare because we have the best healthcare in the world. People from around the world come here to get treated, and yet the decline of the quality of care, uh, especially through our emergency rooms uh, over the last decade, is, is terrible. Then you have the you know people that got licensed under COVID that never had any patient contact are now working in these areas, you know, and pay and so forth. So all that stuff. So I posted this, and over a hundred people replied that a story of their own where they waited twenty two hours, they waited fifteen hours, they waited eighteen hours, they waited, uh, or they left the ER. I'm like, this is not just my experience. This is experienced by a large segment of people that are experiencing this across this nation. Uh, and it's just, it's heartbreaking. It's okay. What we, and this is part of it is the mandates to Obamacare through the legislative things. And we talk about healthcare, but the quality of our care um, and the availability, the access to through a lot, many things, um, uh, insurance co-pays, government mandates, uh, a shortage of staff, poor working conditions, all those things lead to it. And then, uh, 
a couple of days later on Thanksgiving, our family, my mom's in the hospital. She's being taken care of. Thank God. My uh, son has a, a cold, but he's out in, uh, in a different state. And my daughter with, with him, which is at college. Then I have my youngest daughter with me. And my wife has chest pain. She has palpitations. She has hypertension. She has, uh, you know, stress and so forth where she goes, I got to go. And so we didn't go to the ER. We went to a, a private pay sort of ER. They have insurance, but it's ER slash urgent care, if you will. And um, just to check it out. And the experience was completely different. Yes, we were still there all day on Thanksgiving. Um, they did the EKG, did x-rays, they did blood work. They did, But the difference was we walked in. They literally took her back while I was doing paperwork. They started treating her right away. And even though we were there all day, we got immediate care. The concierge came by, checked on us, made sure we were taken care of. They, they had the top-of-the-line equipment across the board. I'm like, wow. Here's one that doesn't take government funding. Here's one that, that, is, that is insurance and private pay only. Uh, the quality and the um, public service, customer service was there. The others that were tied to, hey, we have to take every patient that walks in, um, we take government pay and have government restrictions. Nightmare. And so there's got to be this idea of let's relook at our health care. What's best for citizens? What's best for family? What, what the, this is night and day for the two. First of all, my wife has to see a cardiologist, so I, can, I would really appreciate everybody's prayers. And my mom, of course, uh, who's, like I said, dealing with some issues, prayers for her as well. But I want to talk about this. That, that's just... The dichotomy and the experiences I've had and my friends and people I know have had, um, these are things that can be addressed um, by pulling back legislation, by allowing opportunity and competition, by encouraging young people to go into healthcare. Because there's been a massive swing for people that would have gotten healthcare because the pay has gotten so low, what going into different careers and the stress and the reward and so forth. And of course, the last three years has not helped at all. Anyway, I want to just touch that. Many of you probably dealing with that. Um, the experience we have, praying that if you're going through something similar, we know God's involved, praying for you as well. Um, but we've got to fix health care. I have some ideas. That's why those elections are important. Well, we mentioned the, the election in Arizona. And I'll, obviously, they're trying to, to stop the, the 2024 Trump presidency, if you will. Anyway, I hope um, some of you have found some good deals when you're out there shopping for um, Black Friday. A couple of stories I saw this week that I wanted to bring up on this that uh, I thought were interesting. Uh, first of all, the Candace Beret, you know, the, um, uh, her, the brother or the sister of Kirk Cameron, the one that was in, you know, Growing Pains. Um, I'm probably butchering the show, but you know what I mean. She was in all the Lifetime movies and the the Hallmark movies, um, the romantic ones around Christmas. Well, she decided she's going to her different network um, that's going to basically honor traditional marriage. And, of course, the left, the media, and all the the Hollywood lefties are all like up in outrage. How dare she and how she can say this? And they're really coming down on her. I think, we, you know, obviously... Um, she didn't have to be public about it, but the fact is that this is her faith. She's walking in it. Her and her brother have been great examples of walking out their faith um, faithfully. And the fact that she said, look, they've been they're pushing this whole same-sex marriage on Hallmark for a while now. 
I'm going to go do movies like this that celebrate romance and love, but I'm going to keep it traditional. And that shouldn't be controversial, and yet it is because they don't want the, the public, which the majority of America believes the way we do. They don't want us to talk about though, yeah, because they want to drive this narrative uh, in this regard. So this is something that I think many of us, we should tune in. We should support her work. We should support these new love stories, if you will, and uh, not be quiet when um, they attack people like that. Um, there's uh, this whole thing with the... Uh, now, uh, Cameron, uh, Candace there, is not the same as Elon Musk. We know Elon Musk is not a, an avowed Christian. He's a libertarian. We don't even know what he believes. There's all kinds of questions about that. But the fact that he's actually um, bought this thing and, and is saying there's a lot of stuff that needs to be exposed, and I'm going to keep free speech front and center, you got to applaud that part. There's always an agenda, but... What I'm saying is the reaction, again, from those that want to control speech are all upset because he's saying, like, no, it's a free platform. As long as you haven't committed a crime, you're going to be reinstated on Twitter. I think it's fantastic because it's showing the hypocrisy. It's not about free speech. It's about agreement. You can, you can say what you want to say as long as it aligns with this agenda, you know, this anti-American, anti-Christian, anti-where... <laughs> Whites and Christians, whatever, are oppressors, and and um, yeah, well, they normalize all this um, LGBTQ, same sex, uh, transgender. Um, this is this is an attack. It's 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 uh, on on Doug and uh, Marty versus the world. We talked about this. This is a child abuse. This is legislative and corporate and media uh, orchestrated child abuse. When you talk about um, presenting to them ideas and beliefs that are contrary to our founding fathers, to our parents, to our church beliefs, to our Christian beliefs, uh, in a way that this is the uh, basically replacing God's truth with government truth, if you will, um, confusing, in massive increase in, in in suicide rates and so forth, and you have this drive and just twisting truth altogether where kids don't know what to believe, it, it is harmful to them. It's child abuse, we, and we should treat it as if it's child abuse. Whew, man, I, I'm, I'm ranting here. Obviously, many of the world is watching the World Cup over in, in uh, Qatar. Um, billions of dollars being spent. I haven't watched a single thing. I'm sorry. I'm not a big soccer fan. Uh, I like sports in general, but that's not one of them. If you are, uh, I'm hoping you enjoy, are enjoying it. But at the same time, there are so many things at, um, to, to pay attention to at the same time while we enjoy our families is we have to be defending and fighting for our families, knowing that we have a month, a little over a month, before session begins at the state level and the federal level. And they're already working on bills and legislation that uh, would probably shock most of us um, in, in the midst of it. And this is where I wanted to get to um, politically. I talked a little bit about the ins, the insides, if you will, of the political system in Washington, how there's a battle, if you will, in, even in the Republican Party between conservatives and those that, that are more, quote-unquote, moderate, meaning that they'll, they'll agree on the fiscal issues, but they were constantly told, as a conservative in this state, don't address the social issues. Okay, because we were going to lose votes. The social issues, right? The fact that 
the Republican Party in general in Washington State shies away from things like marriage, things like abortion, things like transgender, LGBTQ, is the reason why they can have top surgery, meaning removing the breasts of kids underage because they think they're going to be transgender. Uh, that's the reason why they can have abortions on 13-year-olds without parental notification in schools. It's the reason why they can force Planned Parenthood, uh, Parenthood um, clinics into, into middle schools. This is all because we're avoiding the issues that address the soul, our children, and it's more than social. This is government mandating um, belief and uh, a belief system that's contrary to what we believe. And so when it comes to politics, when it comes to the, um, the, the, the issues that we're addressing, you want people to understand that the social issues are intrinsic into all of the issues. It's not just about money. Money funds these things which is important to be fiscally responsible. Everybody should agree to that. And we've seen there's no fiscal responsibility in the federal government and the state government. But by denying or not addressing the issues that affect the soul, the issues that affect our children, that affect our way of life, the rights for us to raise our kids in the manner we see fit, to practice our faith, to actually follow what the Bible says, when that is out we have a choice to either disobey the law or be persecuted, what we're doing, and be persecuted, right? Or to comply and go along. And this is a weird place to be. You know, we're not 1930s Germany. We're not the Romans back in Jesus' time. And yet, we have the same choices. The government that's been elected, that's shied away, if you will, on the left side, they're not shying away on social issues. They push social In fact, the last show I talked about is they proclaimed this was about the right to have an abortion. And it wasn't. This election wasn't about that. People are, are suffering. But they used that as a political tool to motivate their base to go out and vote out of fear because of a twisted narrative. Right? This is what, but it's being legislative. The left, those in power, leftists, socialists, communists, Democrats across the board will, will fight all day long um, to advance transgenderism, um, gay marriage, same-sex marriage, um, uh, whatever, drug abuse or drug use, uh, homelessness, meaning like uh, providing homes for uh, those on the street, allowing a rampant and, and, and legal use of drugs on the street, allowing crime to happen, allowing uh, theft to happen as a way of compassion, which is not. We know this. This is, this is insanity. And yet this is what they're advocating, which those are all social issues. And yet you have those on the right, those that are in control or in that uh, funds, if you will, the Republican Party in Washington State, that are either afraid to deal with those issues or absolutely de um, denounce any candidate that focuses on social issues when those issues are core. That's why we lose. It's not because we address them that we lose, which is the first thing that you saw many of the media outlets come out with. In fact, many of those in leadership, if you will, 
in art and the Republican side come out and blame the candidates, blame candidates that were conservative, blame candidates that were brought up social issues. No, the battle is being fought over these social issues and we are getting our tails kicked because we're not willing to speak up to run candidates, to support candidates that actually have a backbone and understand that and be fiscally responsible. You know, because we've done this, it's the old idea, the old, um, was it um, Einstein, right? Or is it Mark Twain? One of the two, where it says doing the same thing over and over again except and expecting different results is the definition of insanity. Whoever said it, it's true. We've been doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. However, and people still get rich, consultants still make money, and so having done these things uh, many, many times and seeing behind the scenes, enough of us have to get engaged and say, no, this is the mountain we're going to die on. We're going to fight over the issues that affect my family, over the issues that affect children, over the issues that affect uh, uh, marriage, over the issues that affect the, the sanctity of life, over issues, because those are core to who we are as humans, who we are as Christians, who we are as Americans. And so and we have to get back to that and not shy away from it. I know on my, our other show with Doug and Marty versus the world, we talk a lot about courage. The Bible does say 365 times, fear not. That's one for each day. We're not supposed to fear, and yet many of us live in fear. We're told to live in fear. We're fearful. No, it's a time to say no. We have the power. We are the people. This election, like I said, is over, but the next election has already started. And though that have been elected, whether you believe this uh, fairly or not, we have to hold them accountable. We, the people, you and me, have to show up at school board meetings, at city council meetings, at the legislative session. There's a lot of things done virtually now still because of, of the pandemic, if you will, that we have greater access to where we have to hold them accountable. We have to send emails. We have to send phone calls. And, and many of you will say, I don't have time. Make the time. We always, as human beings, I know as a father, as a man, as a husband, as a um, uh, person who's in real estate, who's manages many, 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 many employees, you make time for things that matter. And that's what the bottom line is. Yes, we, we tend to get lazy, but things that matter like this, making time for it, making a difference in your community, making a difference in your family, making a difference in your state, in your nation, doesn't take a lot of time. It just means showing up. It may be a two-minute phone call. It may be a um, 20 minutes to prepare an email. It may be uh, 30 minutes to prepare a letter to your representative. Uh, it may be an hour um, getting informed on what's really going on. It may be several hours or several uh, uh, donations throughout this next year to help get a local candidate elected to a school board or to a city council. It's, it takes something of a sacrifice um, to maintain this nation, to turn things around. Because honestly, even though I'm grateful for this nation, I'm grateful for my family, I'm grateful for so many things. I'm grateful for you for uh, tuning into this radio show. I'm grateful for this, this network, for the opportunity and I don't uh, take it for granted. I, I am grateful that we can part uh, to articulate some of the things I'm passionate about, some of the things uh, I have opinions about what's going on. 
But I'm also one of those things that I understand that there's a lot to address. There's a lot of things that we, if we take a bite size. Now, each and every one of us isn't called to everything. I know that's one of my downfalls that I try to do too many things and then therefore not as, of, as effective as I can be. There are certain things I'm good at and certain things that I'm passionate about where I'm engaged, whether it be on media here, in politics, preaching the word of God, whatever. Those things are, are incorporated into my very core, my way of life, and they flow out of me when I'm working in real estate, when I'm working to um, steward my family or steward our finances, but they all tie in together of who I am. You have that as well. So where your passion, where you're placed, where you're working, take that as, as your field where you can advance, where you can um, articulate, where you can be bold and courageous, if you will, uh, to share, to, to make change. Small changes always lead up to big change. It's about consistency uh, over time. And that's something that I've been learning as well, whether it be working out, whether it be eating right, whether it be spending time with your family or spending time in the Word of God. Uh, it's about consistency. It's about building a habit. It's about building that relationship. It's about uh, taking time. And you can't do anything in a microwave. There's certain things you can heat up, honestly. But to be effective, it takes time. It takes intention. It takes dedication. It takes discipline. And so I want to encourage you all, as we're post-Thanksgiving, going into the Christmas holidays, all of those things are on the table that to take a moment to say, all right, where am I supposed to be? How can I make a difference? What is the next step? Maybe where do I need to get more information? And I would encourage you to do that. And then, of course, not to be distracted by there are so many things on the national level. And this is important. Um, where we can be, I can do show after show after show on what Nancy Pelosi said or what Elon Musk said or what uh, the race between Donald Trump and um, Joe Biden in 2024 in two years. That will be, it will take up most of the headlines. But what you can do to affect those besides campaigning and giving money and, and voting in two years for that uh, is probably smaller. And so what you can do today, though, to make a big difference is at the local level. A big difference is to make sure you're registered and help your neighbors get registered, to pray, to to get information, to actually speak up and send a letter. Those things are matter. Um, when you think about how evil, how um, motivated those that believe things with a, a contrary to what the Bible teaches, um, that want to drive that and legislate that and mandate that and make this place a less... Um, friendly place to live, um, it's time to push back, time to pray. And obviously, I want to encourage you all. Uh, I would love, 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 love to hear um, blessings, um, praise reports of your Thanksgiving, of, of those that made it home they haven't seen for a while, of relationships restored, all those things, or even uh, stories of your own about health care, uh, about, about the weights in the ER or... Um, and so forth, about those that work in healthcare. I know many that have changed careers because of just the conditions. And we live in, like once again, the greatest nation in the, in the world with the best healthcare. But you can send those to an email at morningshowmarty at gmail. 
You can find us, of course, at DougAndMarty.com um, for our other show. You can find me on Facebook as well under the same handle, Morning Show Marty. Um, and you can listen to previous broadcasts of this very show um, that I, I podcast or I post um, at Anchor, which is a podcasting site which goes to iTunes and SoundCloud and other places um, where you can hear past episodes of this show. And so there's a great way to get out in contact with me, but I'd love to hear your stories, love to hear your, your praise reports, love to hear your own um, sort of feedback about healthcare and going forward. Other than that, though, uh, a belated happy Thanksgiving, a belated um, happy weekend, if you will. Hope you're in the midst of it with your, with your loved ones. Um, and if you're dealing with anything, just know that I'm praying for our entire audience, trusting that in this season that people will not only get courage, they'll find faith again, they'll come back to the truth, which is Jesus Christ. All right, take care. God bless, and I'll talk to you all next weekend. My God is so big and so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God.